This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. 25 years later, the bouncing baby boy has grown into a swinging jungle king. He is swift. He is strong. He is sure. He is smart. He is unconscious. <laughs> Today's feature presentation is George of the Jungle from 1997. Katie, what is this movie? It is a Tarzan parody movie that's live action, but also kind of like a cartoon. It is weird. Like, you were so excited for this one, and I had not seen it before. I was not ready for this. Um, There's some history I pulled, not a ton for this one, but uh, it is based on a 1960s TV series of the same name. It's definitely a spoof of Tarzan as a character, like you said. Um, They even call that out, like, in the creation of it. And then um, the animal scenes were filmed with a mix of real animals, puppets, and CG. They kind of used a blend of all of it. You can tell because they all look very different. (laughs) Um, uh, The movie debuted at number two in the box office behind Men in Black, so it was up against, like, big competition. And it grossed $174 million worldwide. Uh, It did well enough that it got a direct-to-video sequel in 2003. That's kind of that's kind of the story of George of the Jungle, this adaptation of it in terms of history. But high level thoughts. What is this one, Katie? Why do you like it? Why did we watch this? Come on. It came in number two behind Men in Black. You know this movie was not like there were other movies that came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. That yeah, were probably no, you're right. better. So this movie is uh a love from my childhood. It actually still is okay. Like, there wasn't anything, like, really bad, I would say, now. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But stars Brendan Fraser at, like, peak Brendan Fraser era. Like, we're talking, like, post-Encino Man, post, uh, what was the other, the other movies that he was in with, like, Polly Shore. Like, all of those movies before he was in The Mummy. Yep. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. It's like cartoon logic, but in a live action movie. And it took me a little bit to get there. But then once I got my head around like what they were doing, it was really kind of interesting. Um, It just first I was just like completely pushed away from the movie because I was like, what is this even trying to be? But once (laughs) I realized that like, oh, it's a cartoon, but it's a cartoon done with live action. um, It kind of clicked. And then the other thing that stuck out to me was that like there's just a lot of like slapstick comedy in this movie. Yes, that's basically what it is. It's not it's not taking itself too seriously. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of moments I feel like you'll have more than I will, but the narrator framing it up was kind of weird and over the top the way that it was done. <laughs> and that was the first thing that stuck out to me. That is one of my favorite things is probably okay. that the narrator was funny because it was absolutely ridiculous because you would just pop in and like tell a bunch of stuff and then pop out. I mean, obviously like it was just the voice or whatever, but the theme song, that's where it's at. Yes. (laughs) This whole movie is about like, come on, that theme song was amazing. (laughs) It, it does exactly what it sets out to do. I'm, I, I, I'm not really a fan of this movie, but I can appreciate that the movie is accomplishing what it is trying to do. And like from that kind of filmmaking perspective, I can respect it. Yeah, it's not it's not trying to be anything like super grand or, you know, moving of the heart or whatever of the mind. It's not going to teach you anything. It's just like a spoof. Yeah. Tarzan movie. Yep. 
Um, so uh, I took very bad notes for this one because I had a lot of trouble staying invested in this movie. Um, there were a couple things. One was there's like a scene where he falls off of a bridge into a canyon that looks like it would kill anybody, but he's totally fine. Of and course. I was like, what even happened there? And then um, very shortly after that, Brendan Fraser wrestles a lion and saves a lady but then he takes her home where he lives with a talking ape and introduces her to the ape, but they don't want her to know that it's a talking ape. And then very suddenly they're flying to a different country halfway around the world. And there's like, I, I don't, I don't know what happened in this movie. Like half of it was in like New York or LA or something like a modern city. And I feel like it was just like, I don't even know some kind of trippy dream that I experienced for two hours. <laughs> I mean, probably. Um, but okay. So the whole like wrestling the lion thing, he's friends with the lion. So that was like all fake. It wasn't real. Right. Yeah. Right? And so it's just, I don't know. So it's like, like it has that one thing in this movie that always bothered me about like, tarzan movies right where like george can speak perfect english even though he's never been around another person who ever speaks english yeah but he speaks perfect english he does um and then you have like a gorilla who's also clearly a puppet i think like the gorilla that can guy in a suit yeah like it's a guy in a suit who speaks and who's very smart but also does all the cooking and the house cleaning yep and he's very particular about like how their treehouse looks um, and then George has a dog, but it's not a dog. It's a full grown elephant that likes to play fetch. I did like that part. That was pretty funny. Cause he yeah. was like, here boy, here boy. And he was like, is that an earthquake? Or an- oh no, it's an elephant running through the jungle. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It has all the, like the stereotypical things that happen, right? Where you have like the seemingly nice guys who are there to help you through the jungle, but they're actually evil and they want to kidnap the gorillas. Oh, of course. Yeah, so I forgot about the whole thing where they, like, leave. Like, George leaves with the girl, and they, like, go back to the States. And then he has to get back, right? Because the bad guys are still in the jungle trying to kidnap his friend who's a talking gorilla. Yeah, it's like it's a subplot that he just goes halfway around the world for, like, a while and hangs out. And then it's like, oh, right, there's, like, still a main plot. We should get back to that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I still love it, though. Yeah. Um, some of the action stuff is not bad, though. Like, the yes. swinging through the trees and all that stuff. But, like, they make George out to be this, like, super clumsy guy. Like, he's really great. Like, he's super fast. He can fly through trees. And he's, like, overprotective and, like, whatever. But he also slams into trees on a very regular occasion. Surprised he doesn't have, like, some sort of, like, brain damage or something. Yeah, but it's, like, cartoon logic, right? It's cartoon logic, yeah. Because, like, he can run into a tree and then he's fine. Yep. Exactly. So that's it about the moments. This is a weird one, but it gets us <laughs> to the bad and the good. Um, bad for this one for me. It, I don't know if this is so so much bad, but like the movie's extremely surface level the entire time. It never digs deeper than the surface. Like that's just the, the whole movie is like exactly what it looks like on the surface level. You never get anything more. Um, and then the other thing was just like 
it's kind of a really weird type of movie. And again, this isn't necessarily bad because it's like once you get your head around it, it becomes kind of okay. But I think it was more that like that part of it just didn't click with me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't because I saw this when I was young, so I don't remember like my reaction to it. But it's it is funny to like have you watch it but not know anything about it because this movie is pretty weird. I knew, yeah, I knew nothing about it except, like, I had seen the poster in the 90s, right? Because, like, we're about the same age. I just, I had never seen it. I would never seen, like, ads for it. I don't remember anything about any of it except for, like, I remember some of the posters and, like, Brendan Fraser is vaguely Tarzan-ish. That's what I knew going into it. Yeah. That's that's pretty much what happens. Yeah, it wasn't far off. (laughs) It wasn't far off. But, yeah, I mean, like, overall, like... Because of how far we've become advanced with, like, CGI and, like, even using puppets and stuff like that, the movie looks kind of out of date, right? Yeah, totally. Just on that, on that But, I mean, part. there's... But There's that. good in here, too, right? Like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, like, the cartoon logic in a live-action movie format. Like I said, it, it wasn't my favorite. It didn't really work for me, but they 100%, like executed on what they set out to do and so like from a filmmaking perspective i can respect that and i think that that is good like they executed well on what they set out to do um and then the other thing is that like the movie did move along like the plot moved pretty fast even though i wasn't loving the plot at least it had some momentum to it yeah i mean it was the theme song was great the movie was kind of funny in different parts i mean it's not it's not a movie that takes itself too seriously yeah Yep, for sure. But yeah, and Brendan Fraser is amazing, and he looked great <laughs> in this movie. So, okay, fair. So, would we watch it again? I'm gonna say like a big, heavy, maybe, probably not. But I mean, I wouldn't say no if somebody wanted to watch it. Okay, I said meh, <laughs> like probably not. I don't think so. I didn't love this one. I didn't hate it. Again, like I can respect parts of it for what it's trying to do, but like I just I didn't love the movie. Um, if you guys want to watch along what we're going to what's coming up next we have the Aristocats from 1970 and then the Country Bears from 2002 and then more beyond that that we haven't actually decided yet as of this recording so more to come later uh, don't forget we're part of a network we have podcasts we have streamers we have the Geekery blog all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com which brings us to Weekly Geekery Katie what do you do this week so my brother was watching season three of the boys oh on- yeah on Amazon. And so I was watching a little bit of it with him and I felt bad because I was like, who's that? What's this? What happened? <laughs> so uh, I decided I was going to watch it because I'd seen the first episode of the first season before, but I didn't really watch more after that. Yeah. Now I'm almost done with season two. <laughs> I started it on wow. Saturday. So it's not a lot of episodes. It's like eight per season or something, but it's actually really, really good. Um, if people don't know what the boys are, it's basically like they're all superheroes in it. And then there's like the regular people. So it's superheroes living amongst regular people. And they definitely include like the collateral damage part of like supers being supers as part of it. So like all of their, um, superheroes are references to ones that you would see in like, DC Universe or MCU, like Homelander is has the same powers as Superman. Yep. Um, and then they have Queen Maeve, who is clearly Wonder Woman. Like she even has like a similar outfit. Um, and then 
they just introduced a new character called Stormfront, and she has like powers like uh, Storm. Oh X-Men. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I watched the first season. It's really mm-hmm. a lot of it is like, what if superheroes were celebrities and also kind of bad people? Oh my god, they're awful people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're like bad people. <laughs> it's this show is definitely like very gory. There's a lot of like mature content in it and stuff but it's pretty it's actually really good like they do a really good job with it in season three jensen ackles from supernatural um he got cast as one of the main characters he plays soldier boy which is a captain america interesting yeah so i got to see him a little bit in the episodes i watched from season three so i'm just like trying to get there okay um, and then I watched it. I watched a whole TV show that had come out called The Summer I Turned Pretty on Amazon. It's based on a novel, uh, a set of novels of the same name by uh, Jenny Han, who did uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before, which is a oh, yeah, another yeah. movie series. Yeah, um, it was really good. It was very interesting show. I thought they did a like a tremendous job with it. It's pretty much about a girl who is trying to. Like, she just graduated from high school. She's going to be going to college, and she's trying to... Or, like, she just finished her sophomore year, I think. Not graduated from high school. She's, like, 16. And she's trying to, like, figure out, like, what kind of person she wants to be, pretty much. And she grew up a lot in the short time, like, that this is supposed to take place. And she looks very different. And so she has this whole, like, love triangle thing going on, which... Is that not bad? It's a pretty good show. It's very tea time. I'm trying to get Chelsea to watch it so we can talk about it. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, what about you? Um, so did you ever play any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade games or like video games in the 90s? Yes. Okay. So there was like one on, there was a couple on like regular, like Nintendo, you know, NES. Um, there was turtles in time on super Nintendo that I, I remember playing a bunch of as a kid. There was also like the, there were a couple versions of them that they specifically made for arcades where you could play like four players at the same time, which was mm-hmm. a huge thing. Um, and so you played some of those. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So take that. And then interpret that through like a modern video game lens. But as people like the developers who made this new game um, absolutely love that like 1989 version of the Ninja Turtles that we grew up with. And so it's like pixel art. It's very much in like the vein of those games. It's not trying to be a modern game, but it, it has all these like modern conveniences. And so they kind of like made a modern beat-em-up that feels like a game straight from the like late 90s and it's kind of amazing um so it's called teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge and <laughs> you can play it with up to six players so it's basically like an arcade game um oh, wow. and yeah it, so you can be the four turtles you can be april o'neill you can be splinter and then once you beat the game one time through you unlock casey jones and then you can have him also as like a seventh character but you can play with like six players at once and so the game came out and 
Um, my son and I were playing it on Game Pass because it was like, yeah, let's check it out because I love those games as a kid. And, you know, we're already paying for Game Pass, so let's just download it. Um, and he and I ended up blasting through the entire game in basically one sitting. Like we paused in the middle to like take a bathroom break and get some water. But like we played basically like two and a half hours straight because it's an arcade game. It's not like a 10 yeah. hour game, right? Like you can beat it in like two or two and a half hours. And we did a couple um, levels, just like the two of us. And then we saw that there's like a really easy option to be like, oh, just join random people online. So we joined up with some other people. And then we played almost the entire game with six players on the screen. And it just felt like it felt like that arcade experience. And it felt like a complete nostalgia trip. But there's all of these just like subtle modern conveniences added to the game. Like in the old ones, you could never like dodge. And, you know, they were really like coin eating games. Like they were hard. You would die because they wanted you to put more coins in to like get another life. This one doesn't have that. It's more balanced so that you can actually like survive, you know? Um, yeah. It was just, it was so fun. It, it was this like throwback nostalgia, even though the game just came out like a week ago. So if anyone out there has ever loved like, um, a beat-em-up game from the 90s or like any of those arcade games of this vein so like the Tur turtles arcade game or like the there's that x-men one that you used to see everywhere or like the simpsons one where they had like you know four to six players those type of things this game is perfect for that so i would highly highly recommend it in those specific circumstances that actually sounds really fun <laughs> It is really fun. And it's on like, I think it's on basically everything. Um, we played it on Xbox because again, Game Pass, right? Because we're already paying for it. So it's mm -hmm. just like, you just download it. But it's on Switch. It's on PlayStation. I think it's on PC. I'm pretty sure as well. You can kind of get it on any modern console. So yeah, it's very readily available. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. You have to let me know if you check it out. That's probably it for tonight. You can find us all over the internet. Our email address is disneyforeverpodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. You can also talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or our Discord server. I blog at agarmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? I'm sure they could make more Tarzan movies.